Hey guys, on this Sam Mace Podcast, Oklahoma State Edition, we talked to Marshall Levison from Pokes Report about Derek Mason, the new DC in Stillwater, Mike Gundy's resurgence, NIL, and the completion of the 2022 recruiting class. Hope you enjoy it. Jackson's of Kingfisher is a family-owned and operated dealership in Kingfisher, America, with the motto, come join the family, and when they say it, they mean it. My family and I have been embraced by Casey and the Jackson family from day one, and I'm here to tell you that if you're in the market for a new or used car, truck, or SUV, and want a straightforward, no-hassle car buying experience, Jackson's of Kingfisher is the dealership for you. Give them a call at 866-695-8010, or check them out online at jacksonsofkingfisher.com. And right now, if you mention the Sam Mays podcast, you get $500 off any used vehicle on the lot. Jackson's of Kingfisher, come join the family. Empire Bar Service is Oklahoma's premier bartending experience specializing in weddings, private parties, holiday parties, and corporate events. With combined experience of over 50 years, Empire Bar Service has the skill and knowledge to make your event one to remember. With the highest liability insurance and all licensing needed, the stress of serving alcohol at your event disappears. Plus, Empire Bar Service will assist with your signature cocktail creation and craft brewery relationships so your event can truly be one of a kind. Find them on Facebook or text 405-850-1334 and tell them Sam Mays sent you for a special discount. Let out the beast. Let them out. Let them out. Welcome. I'm Sam Mace, and today we've got Marshall Levinson of Pokes Report talking about the 2022 signing class of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Marshall's been a, a part of the Sam Mace podcast before. We're happy to have you back. Sir, how are you? Doing pretty good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to get into, before we talk about the signing class, I wanted to get into the new defensive coordinator hire, mm. Derek Mason, hearing fantastic things about the former head coach and obviously leaving uh, Auburn as the D.C. Auburn had the fourth, I believe, ranked defense in the SEC last season. A lot of high expectations for Coach Mason and what he brings to the table for this Oklahoma State defense was that was nationally uh, regarded as one of the nation's mm-hmm. top defenses seasons ago. I would have told you that it would have been important for Mike Gundy to hire within the staff because Cowboy culture is just different this season. They had a different vibe this season. Right. So why not give one of those current coaches an opportunity Uh, to be the defensive coordinator. But if you would have told me back then that Derek Mason was on the table, I would have said that's where you've got to go, right? It gives you experience. It gives you uh, a defensive, a SC defensive mentality, SEC defensive mentality. And it also gives you a a leg up in recruiting in that area that look, no matter who you are, it's important. you got to have ties to the South. So coach Mason was a huge hire for Oklahoma State. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, for a while, I would have thought they were going in-house too. Um, Joe Clements was a big, uh, big candidate there. Then you've even had some talks of like, okay, well, what if, uh, what, what can Coach Duffy, Tim Duffy do? Um, what can, uh, what, what can some of these in-house guys do? But it got to a point where Gundy made the decision that, like, while some of these guys may be qualified he felt it was important to bring someone in because of where they were and where the defense was. He felt it was important to bring someone in that had done it before, that had experience being a defensive coordinator at a big program like that. And obviously Derek Mason was one of those names that emerged. Um, He didn't want to be at Auburn anymore. 
And so he resigned and obviously that, that went through its process and um, landing him is, was extremely impressive because I don't think he's making as much as he was at Auburn. I don't know what wow. the number is yet of what, he, what he's making here, but I don't, he was making 1.5 Auburn. I don't think he's making 1.5 here, um, which is even more impressive um, and kind of tells you again, I mean, he wanted to leave Auburn just, he didn't like the, the, um, the match there, but um, he did like the match at Oklahoma state and obviously was willing to do it for even less. And so to me, that was pretty impressive. Um, and obviously he brings in a, an energy and a personality um, that is contagious and infectious in a room um, and we've already heard that from from players and recruits that have, that have been there and talked to them just in this past first week, week and a half. That said, like, um, one recruit told me, like, his personality, like, lights a room on fire. So um, I think that we'll be able to see that pretty soon. And, and um, we said on Pokes Report that he's already he's already come in and said that he's running Oklahoma State's defense and using and using their terminology so that they don't That's have to awesome. teach any of the, the, the players new things. Um, now he's going to add some some of his own little um, nuances to certain things, or kind of tweak some things here and there, depending on what he likes. But I mean, coming in and running their defense with their terminology, um, I think will be um, will be good for this defense. So I, it's definitely one of the, if not the biggest, um, in terms of coordinators, um, big name hire or biggest kind of on the surface of things, normally some of their hires are pretty low key. You don't really know who they are or what they've done, but everyone knows who Derek Mason is. So um, it was a, it was an impressive hire. And I think that he's, uh, I think he's going to be pretty successful for however long he's here. Yeah. As as far as Mike Gundy is concerned, uh, the Derek Mason hire, this incredible recruiting class, the best recruiting class he's had as a head coach at Oklahoma state really just kind of Mm -hmm. falls in line with how he's been, all season long. And a lot of uh, Oklahoma State fans are, I think, I don't know if necessarily irritated is the word they're using for my take on this, but I think you're a damn fool if you can't tell the difference between what Gundy is right now in this moment and what he was a year ago or two years ago or five years Mm -hmm. ago. There's just been this complete uh, turnaround in his overall engagement, demeanor, and attitude he is coaching 365. Like, I believe that the head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys is doing the 365 job that being a college football head coach is. And you can tell by the results this season, this recruiting class, Oklahoma State social media is coming up. The whole delivery of the program is better. And this is where you have to be if you plan on being competitive in the college football landscape today. You got to be on it all day, every day at the Starbucks, at the grocery store, at the gas station. You can't turn it off as a head coach. And I feel like the head coach of the Cowboys has done exactly that this season. Yeah, I mean, there's been some other things that have happened around Oklahoma State that have kind of helped that given him the ability to do that. And I think a big part of it is the administration change. Um, new president, new athletic director, um, both younger, um, both have with a little better grasp or idea of modern college athletics, athletics yeah. and, and what it and what it takes, what it takes to compete or be relevant. Um, and 
I mean, Chad Weiberg has been in a few different schools and has helped kind of turn around. I mean, he was a big part of Kansas State and getting their facility upgrades and making sure everything looked really good there. And then Casey Schramm, obviously, um, younger. She's been in the medical field, so, but she was also a college athlete. So she knows what it's like to be an athlete and, and what that realm of um, relating to athletes and, okay, what would they want? What do they need? And so they are opening up the checkbook a little bit more. They are opening up the resources a little bit more to aid because, and whether Oklahoma State fans like this or realize this or whatever, there was some, I'll say handcuffs put on at times of what Mike Gundy was allowed to do or able to do with the previous administration that if you're a power five school, you can't have handcuffs on your football program. You need to be going full on because that helps your other programs. And I mean, football is, is King. So um, Gundy has that attitude and so does the administration. And I think COVID helped a little bit because it kind of helped them change their tactics of, okay, here's how we can recruit more effectively. We don't need people on campus to necessarily recruit we can change this up a little bit and we can change this tactic and things like that. So I also think that it helped that they just had the right people on campus at the time um, to put together a team like this, because you can do all you want to try and put more resources in place, but if you don't have the talent on the field, then what's the point? And they've had that talent. So um, I think that it, everything lined up a little bit for him to be able to change the way he operates a little bit. And I think that, if you asked him, he would say that he did that on purpose, um, given the context of what's around him and that he's looking to, I mean, like he said at the bowl game, they want to be blue blood. Like they, they want to be in that conversation and everything. So, and a lot of that now coming up is going to have to do with NIL and um, things like that and putting resources in place to succeed there. So um, I think that in the past year, Gundy has changed a lot. And I think when you look a year from now, five years from now, I think you'll see it even progressed even more to the what the modern landscape of college sports takes to succeed. And I think he wants to do that. He's willing to do that. And I mean, obviously, it'll it'll pay off, I'm sure. You know, we hear a ton about the NIL conversation down at Norman. Uh, each and every day they're competing mm -hmm. at a different level in regards to the type of player they're going after, the type of player they're good looking at, or they're being offered big money, right? Uh, where is right. Oklahoma State at, at this point as far as embracing that NIL conversation? You're talking about resources and, you know, getting kids in position where they can have success in that department. Have they embraced it as an athletic department completely? Yeah, I think they're in the process of doing that, but I think it's also they're trying to figure out how to go about it without breaking any rules. Cause, and I think that's what everyone's doing because a school can't go get a deal for a kid. Right. right. But they're trying to put processes and programs in place where the people that can, can reach out to those kids and can have those communication, those lines of communication open. And I think that OSU, I know for a fact, OSU is definitely um, putting some stuff in place that will aid their student athletes. Um, I know um, there's been talks at different schools about raising scholarship stipends 
um, to just help with um, spreading money around to athletes to help with their daily lives. And um, I mean, Arkansas, I think is like, I think Arkansas is doing like $13,000 a year is what there is in their scholarship stipends. I think Oklahoma state might go above that. Uh, I know those conversations are happening. So, um, and now that's not that that's not directly NIL. That's just raising scholarship stipends, but it's money in people's pockets for their scholarship athletes. And with that will come um, people donating and the boosters and people kind of putting money in, in places that are legal to give to, to players and stuff like that. So I know those conversations are happening. I don't know specifically what will happen in terms of Oklahoma state athletes, but they are definitely bought in to the fact that they need to do something. Um, I just don't know what that specific move will be. I know there's a lot of sketchy or kind of shady stuff going around the country um, with some of these big ticket um, NIL stuff and some coaches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and then you see, you see, you see Jimbo, you see Jimbo go on a rant yesterday talking about we don't have big NIL deals here, and that it's like, come on, man, like you can you can see it like you don't you don't go from eight and four team and like you have a mediocre football team to then signing you've never had a number one recruiting class ever and then as soon as nil hits you sign the best recruiting class of all time that's that doesn't happen so um program i mean a&m obviously i'm sure their boosters off just off off rip have are a little maybe a little bit more willing to throw money at people um but schools like oklahoma state and i'm sure that their their boosters are coming around and i'm not saying they're going to pay for play but they're going to put programs in place where athletes are able to get money um legally so um maybe it's a thing like texas is doing maybe it's one of those charities where it's like okay well our running backs are going to get fifteen thousand dollars a year or something i have no idea but it's legal so if you have the means to do it why not the oakland state recruiting class completes yesterday with a total of 20 signees uh adding three more yesterday i want to start with the young man out of barry hill the beast from barry hill uh mr dobson is an incredible prospect three three star kid six six two ninety has got a frame to easily carry another 25 pounds if Mm -hmm. you wanted to uh, expectations have got to be high for him in Stillwater uh, for an offensive line who Gundy somehow, some way has found a way in the last five years to piece that sucker together. Uh, this kid looks more like an anchor piece down the road for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to, this year, it's going to be one of their kind of better patch jobs with the offensive line. Cause right now I think they can put together a really strong starting five, but the depth is really thin right now. I think they've only got like a, or 12 scholarship linemen on the team right now. Wow. Um, so landing dots, yeah, because a bunch of them transferred out. Um, and landing Dotson was huge, not only for the future, but potentially for the the immediate term just for depth when he gets here in the summer. Um, but like you said, 6'6, 290, got a great frame. He's gonna put on those other pounds pretty quickly. Um, and it'll be good, good weight. Um but yeah, I mean, I would I would say that a year or two for him, and he's probably looking to 
I mean, they they only offered him like last week. So right. um, that was a impressive, quickly recruiting him. Uh, obviously, for an in-state kid, some of those sometimes all you need is the offer. It doesn't matter when it comes and they're on board. But he got offered, took his visit, and then he visited with TCU and and uh, committed to Oklahoma State. So um, that was a big one just in terms of the immediate depth that he can provide. Freshman offensive line, true freshman offensive linemen, you never know whether they're going to be able to compete if they're out there or not. He won't be needed to, but – I think he'll at least be three deep this year at at one of those positions just because they don't have a whole lot of guys. Um, So he'll be able in practice, he'll be able to probably get some decent rep going against some uh, second team, third team defensive line, which right now is pretty strong. So I think he'll be one of those guys that's able to develop pretty quickly. Next is uh, National Junior College All-American. I'm going to try this. You ready? Uh, Saletti, yeah. is it Saletti, uh, uh, Fibalike? That's Fibalike? pretty close. That's what I, I think. I think it's Saletti and then either Fibalike or Fibaliaki, one of those. Okay. So pretty close. Okay. This kid is uh, a freak. 6'2", 280, extremely athletic, plays with a lot of quickness and tenacity. I love his film. I get yep. why he's on campus at Oklahoma State. And when you compare, when you put him – in the front line of that defense as an immediate, you know, this guy's coming into play right now. Uh, he yep. adds a dimension and, and a speed category that I, I don't necessarily know that they had even last year. You know what I mean? As far as, as you yeah. know, Marshall, that interior, when you get a kid in the middle that plays fast like that, it could really yep. screw up an offensive line. And I think this kid has the ability to be an yep. X-factor player right off the bat. And, yeah, he's going to be a plug-and-play guy because, I mean, they've lost, they lost two um, – Two interior defensive line, one to the draft, one transferred. Um, that were getting that were getting significant snaps. So his um, his need is there immediately. But I mean, his ability would put him on the field regardless. Um, but yeah, he's he's gonna be a freak. Um, and when he puts on, I think he'll put on a couple pounds when he gets here. He's not he'll he'll get here in the summer, but it won't take him long to to get his body right for for game game shape. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he's, he's just, he's extremely powerful too. Um, I mean, he just, he puts his hands on you and you, and you fly backwards. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think he'll be an immediate, um, factor on that interior D line. And it's an, it's a defensive line that already has a really, really good rotation. So it's not like he's going to be out there having to play 40 snaps a game. He's going to be going 20, 25 snaps a game. And to where he's he can stay fresh and, and stay in like prime shape across the across the game. So I think they'll be able to from day one, I think they'll be able to get prime performance out of him. And finally, they go to the Soto, Texas, home of uh, former Oklahoma State Cowboy Tatum Bell and pick up Stephen mm-hmm. Johnson, receiver, uh, former Oregon commits. Now, this is big time for me because I've looked at Oklahoma State's recruiting uh, list in the last five years and seeing guys with offers from Fordham and offers from mm-hmm. William and Mary. And I'm like, that ain't it, <laughs> right? That ain't it. You got to get guys that are being coveted in other big time programs. Oregon is pretty damn big. Oregon has right. done an excellent job in the last several years, uh, not only bringing guys in that are elite level football players, but the talent evaluation is very real. So to be able to flip this kid from Oregon from Oklahoma state is a massive deal 
uh, not only this season, but moving into the next seasons. Like they're, they're clearly the Oklahoma State brand is becoming more well known each and every season. Yeah, and, and it was it was funny because, um, I mean, they offered him back in May of 2021, but obviously he was committed to Oregon until early January. Um, so he's committed for a while, and there was really not much noise with him. Like Oklahoma State but there was really no reason for him to look into him because he was already committed um, when they offered him. Well, when he was no longer committed, uh, Oklahoma State was top of the list. And it was funny. I actually talked to one of my professors is actually one of the professors that went went to lunch with them. He wants to be a a sports media guy, but he went to lunch with them just to talk about academics and everything. And he said he asked Stephon Johnson, he was like, so like what made you interested in Oklahoma State? And he just pointed at Casey Dunn. And he was like that man right there. That's so awesome. that's what wide receivers. I mean, when wide receivers look at Oklahoma State, that's what stands out is Absolutely. is them. And obviously, um, I talked to his dad, and he said that he knew Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas, and he said even more recently he said he knew Des Bryant went here, and like he had heard of Tyler Wallace being. I mean, obviously when they offered him, they they looked at people but but he said he didn't realize how many other guys went here oh, not yeah. just playing receiver but just total guys that have have been in the nfl or just um james washington mason rudolph marshall aitman um guys that have been like national award winners and everything so he said that that was really cool to learn when they were here that there is a bigger history to oklahoma state than what they had thought so people are learning that history and that brand and what the logo, what comes with the logo and everything. Um, and the other school, I mean, he, Oklahoma state, other than Oregon, obviously beat out Arkansas, Florida and SMU. Um, so some pretty strong brands um, that have done well. I mean, he's from Dallas. He could have just stayed at home and gone to SMU and then they've got a good program, but he decided to come four hours away. So um, it was an all-around good recruiting, um, good recruiting job. The whole staff, Casey Dunn, um, and then I mean they they think he can be that outside big play guy, and they've got a few of them now. You got Talon Shetron coming in. You got Stephon Johnson. Um, he's only he's like six foot one eighty, but he's a speedster and he's a he's a route technician. So um, I think physically, I think he has the ability to if they need him to run to to get some reps this fall I don't think he's going to be a major factor this fall but moving forward after this year I think Stephon Johnson's going to be a a name that people are going to start to kind of catch on to um because he's he's definitely a uh, a player that has the ability to shine pretty early 20 Oklahoma State commits nine from the state of Oklahoma yeah, uh, this is huge, in my opinion, for Oklahoma State. I, I uh, am a player, former player with the Cowboys that played with a bunch of dudes from Oklahoma State that had families that mm-hmm. led orange, had families for generations that had gone to the school. Uh, when I was going home with those guys on uh, spring, whether it's a spring break scenario or it was a bye week scenario, I was going to kids homes in Fairview, Oklahoma and Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And yeah. they made my college experience better. But when it came down to playing in the game, right, the, the heartbeat that they had, the, the fight that they had uh, for the university, it just meant more to them. And they taught me, you know, what it was to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy. I, I love yeah. this. I love the fact that so many in-state schools have got a chance to rep the brand 
uh, of Oklahoma State. I think it's a huge move for Mike Gundy to put more attention into what the state of Oklahoma is offering. You might have to dig it up. You know this, Marshall. I'm sure you've been to some small little stadiums around this state. You might have to dig for it. But when you dig and you find it, there's some diamonds in the rough around here. And I think he's got several kids in this this class that are going to be big time for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, nine in-state guys is the most I've ever had in any, at least in the Mike Gundy area. I'm sure back in the day when everything was regional recruiting, I'm sure they had 12, 15 Oklahoma guys. But nine is the most I've ever had in the modern recruiting era. Um, and I saw a stat the other day that the first 10 or 15 seasons of Mike Gundy's tenure, they averaged, I think, 3.7 Oklahoma kids per signing class. The past three, they've averaged 8.3. So they've gone eight kids, eight kids, nine kids um, from the state. And I think part of that is I don't think there was ever really a thing of like, oh, we're only going to take three or four. I think part of that was the talent in Oklahoma is more abundant than it ever has been. And I think that's probably due to, I mean, the emergence of things like seven, seven and these kind of more qualified professional trainers you have around the state um, that are working with kids from a younger age that are developing from a younger age. So I think the talent is better, and I think that allows you to be like, okay, we're going to offer scholarships to 15 or 20 Oklahoma kids this year, and we're going to get eight or nine of them. Previously, I think you may have only offered eight or nine of them, right? So, um, and half went to Oklahoma State, half went to OU. But um, I think when you look at games, I mean, when you look at obviously the whole season this year, but when you look at just Bedlam and look at the like the biggest moments of the game, who played the best? I mean, you had Colin Oliver, an Oklahoma kid that sealed the game, crawling on his hands and knees just to get a sack. One of the probably what will go down as one of the most iconic plays in Oklahoma State football history, just given the context of what was happening in that game. Brennan Presley, Oklahoma kid, the kickoff for a touchdown. You had Malcolm Rodriguez, obviously Oklahoma kid, Oklahoma legend, um, with double-digit tackles. You had um, Jason Taylor that the whole season just made huge plays. He was a guy that coming out of high school was – I mean, no one knew what he was going to be, but obviously he's now a staple on that team. I mean, you've got – kids all over the team in Oklahoma or on for Oklahoma state that are not just on the team, but they are the factor of what makes the team. Um, So I think that kids around the state are seeing that. And I think it's easier for them to say, Oh yeah. Cause sometimes kids are like, yeah, I want to go maybe a couple hours from home. I don't want to be, I don't want to stay at home. You know, I want to go out and see things. Well, I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. I mean, even just last year, Kendall Daniels was set to go to AM. And then kind of at the 11th hour, obviously he had already signed, but then the 11th hour before even getting there, someone left AM. And, he, and that was who he really wanted to go play for. He didn't want to go anymore. So they they got released um, from, his, from his sign or from signing. And then he they called Oklahoma State. And he said that during his recruiting process, the entire time, he was kind of like, I want to go see other places. I want to go somewhere else in the country. I'll go. To, I'm going to go to College Station. Well, then he said the closer he got to going to College Station, he realized that all of the same stuff that he could do 
at AM, he could do it in Stillwater. Like that, he, when people are going through the recruiting process, they may think they want one thing or whatever, but when they get really closer to it, they start to realize like, okay, maybe, maybe staying home isn't that bad. Like I can actually do everything I want at OSU or for, at OU for these in-state kids. So I think that's becoming a larger realization, especially because when you have success, people are like, oh, okay, I can play here um, and win and be close to home. So I think it's become the talent is more abundant and they're giving them a better reason to stay home because like you can win, you can get an education and you can, you can stay home. So, um, and I don't know if it's just me or my point of view, but I think when there's an in-state rivalry like there is, I mean, some kids will go to OSU or go to OU just to play in Bedlam. Like they, they, they grew up, paying attention to that rivalry so much that, yeah, obviously they're going there to play three or four seasons, but Bedlam is what they're – like they're going to experience that side of Oklahoma football and Oklahoma State football is to play in that and feel that and like kind of represent their state. So I think we'll see that for um, – kind of continued because I don't see the talent going away anytime soon. Um, but because, I mean, even in 2023 and 2024, we see what – what's there and it's pretty impressive. So what will be interesting is to see Brett Venables, I think have a larger emphasis on recruiting Oklahoma. 100%. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that recruiting battle. Um, I do think to an extent there will be enough guys for both schools to reap the benefits of it. Um, but I, I do think that Oklahoma state will still put a larger emphasis or effort to recruit the state. So we'll see how that, that ends up over the next five years of who wins those battles. Marshall Levinson from the Pokes Report. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. No no problem. And uh, where can people find your work at, man? Uh, you go pokesreport.com or on Twitter at, at MarshallLevy14. Um, go give me a follow. Um, I'm always putting stuff up, recruiting stuff, football stuff, and then just random information. So go give me a follow and uh, – Send me a send me a DM and uh, we can have some some conversations. All right, buddy, I appreciate it. Thank you.